Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Hey, I'm Peter, and I'm here with Terrence. Hey, Peter, how's it going? Good, not good. Friday, though. It isn't Friday. We're not doing Marvel Champions, although we kind of are. We're here with Mary. What's up, Mary? Oh, not much. Looking forward to talking about the uh, con and all things Marvel. And Dan, who is Kennedy Hawk. Hey, Dan, how are you? Really good. Great to be here. Excited. Yeah, so today we are on the streaming channel and on the podcast, we are going to talk about the con of heroes. So if you are not a fan of Marvel Champions, stay tuned. You will be by the end of this discussion. And if you are a fan of Marvel Champions, you've come to the right place. Thanks for coming. So let's get started. Let's start with Dan, because I don't think our audience knows you very well. And then we'll go to Mary. And then, well, you know what? The podcast audience might not know Terrence either. So we'll kind of go through everybody. Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Dan. My my internet alter ego is Kennedy Hawk, and I'm on the Marvel Champions monthly fan podcast. But I was one of the organizers, along with Terrence, for Con of Heroes, which was a three-day Marvel Champions convention that we're about a week out from now. So it was a super exciting time. Tell me a little bit about Marvel Champion Monthly. Yeah, so I've played just about every FFG LCG ever, from Netrunner to Warhammer Invasion, all, all the, the old ones as well. And I always remember telling people on the FFG forums, if they ever make a Marvel LCG, I'm going to have to make a podcast about it. And they made one, so I felt obligated because of some posts from you know 10 years ago on the internet. So we originally... <laughs> that forum post isn't even alive anymore, right? Yeah, I know. It's not archived, right? So I could yeah. get away without it now. We originally were going to record monthly, so we thought we'd be really cute and name ourselves Marvel Champions Monthly, because they used to call some comics like monthly magazines or bi-weekly magazines. And then we decided that we were going to start recording bi-weekly or weekly sometimes. So now we, we go by the abbreviation MCM because it hides our poor naming. But um, yeah, so <laughs> nice. we talk all about this game and all sorts of Marvel games as well. We talk a little bit about Unmatched and United and stuff like that, too. I was going to say, how do you do content every week? Because there's a lot that comes out for Marvel Champions, but I don't know that there is weekly content a lot. So you're mostly every other week? We're mostly every other week, and we do some like silly things. So like one of our upcoming episodes is going to be a hot tub time machine episode. We're going to go back in time and revisit the first wave of Marvel Champions with the new card pool to see which heroes have grown the most and which have fallen the most behind. So we try to come up with silly topics like that, too. So oh, it should be fun. Nice. I love it. So let's okay. go to Mary. So Mary, <laughs> how did we meet you? Because I was lurking in the Friday stream, just commenting. And then one night you had a technical issue with one of the other guys from OSCS. And so he asked if somebody would play and I volunteered. Yeah. So Mary was a lifesaver that night because Terrence bailed on me last second, like he usually does. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised he's here today. Let's that, was, that was Steve who had technical issues. By oh, the that's, way. you're right. It was Steve. <laughs> I, I Dang like it. You, like, you just like to blame me for all this stuff, but it was not me. <laughs> Well, the funny part is the last time I blamed you, you didn't call me out on it. So I feel like you forgot too. But yes, you were absolutely right. That was totally Steve. That was totally not you. My bad. <laughs> Although I'm going to blame you again at least one more time. You know that. Just uh, comes with the territory. I get it. 
But uh, yes, yeah, so Mary's been a lifesaver. She's been on our live stream. So for those of you who don't know, who like Marvel Champions, we do live stream every Friday night starting usually at about 10 p.m. We're going to go through a lot of the most recent stuff, but uh, it's usually Terrence building really good decks and me throwing together something and not testing it and seeing what kind of chaos ensues before we started getting stuff like Standard 2 and Expert 2. We used to do th- stupid stuff like throw in Cree Fanatic into a lot of our games. So yeah, we we do a lot of things to see how badly we can lose and then somehow pull it out every once in a while. With that being said, Terrence, what's up, buddy? How's it going? What do you want to know about me? Terrence, for those of you who don't know, I guess, I- I'm going to do your intro for you. Everybody else got to talk. I'm just going to talk for you. <laughs> Terrence streams with me every Friday. So how did this get started for you? I don't even remember. I think you wanted to, you were trying to do stuff on the One Stop Co-op Shop stream channel. And then we tried out Marvel Champions and then we kept going and then you said you want to take a break and then after i think like two weeks you said i'm just kidding and we just started <laughs> streaming again we basically haven't stopped since then and that was like a year and a half ago or something yeah and the big thing was that terrence bought a computer to start streaming i, I realized because we do play on tabletop simulator when we play so if you don't like that sorry but uh i think it's a lot easier to see what's going on terrence and i clearly own everything of, involved with the game but we decided it was a lot easier to zoom in on cards and things like that. So I think our streams are pretty new player friendly, but at the same time, we do some pretty hardcore stuff. But you could see how people who've played the game over 500 times each can fail miserably. So we, we try to do that as well. Well, I mean, expert Venom Goblin is to be expected. Yes, yes. That's how we failed this latest, most latest failure is, was a Venom Goblin. I feel like we're not the only ones, though. Yeah, I think Americano was me an expert Venom Goblin game still, so. Yeah, spoilers, I'm only halfway through that one, so now I know you don't make it make it all the way through. Oh, uh, no, we totally That's won. Okay. Totally, totally pulled it out in the I end. Suspense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who haven't seen the video yet, uh, spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> you can just edit that one out, right, Peter? Oh, we don't edit here. No, I, I actually do. I edit for the podcast. So that's the difference. If you want to hear it without all our uh, stupidity, then uh, this is the place to do it on the stream. It, see, this is going to be edited out for the podcast, so they won't even know. Uh, and if you want to hear the edited version without all the nonsense, that's what you go to the podcast for. All right. So let's keep it going around the loop here. So, Dan, let's go back to you. Why Marvel Champions? I think you got into it a little bit. I guess you're a Super Marvel fanboy. Is that how this all started? I am a super comic book fanboy. Yeah, I read way too many comics and have since my childhood. And Marvel's always been my favorite brand. My my backup brand was always Sonic the Hedgehog. But I started reading comics at like a really young age. My uncle got me into them. And this is like a sobering moment, but he he passed away like a month or two after like getting me into comics and he had bought me a subscription to Sonic the Hedgehog and his wife, my aunt, after he passed away, continued buying them for me until I was like 18 and it just became this addiction. So now I still buy comics in honor of him and it's super fun. So my son is now reading Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, 30 some years later, which is pretty cool. So is Sonic your favorite of all the comics? I think I like Marvel comics a little bit better than the Sonic comics because they're mainly aimed at kids, but they are super fun to read still, especially if you're reading it with your kids or something like that. Cool. And do you have a favorite Marvel comic or hero from the comics? 
I really like Hawkeye, like possibly too much, even as a kid, like growing up, <laughs> that's who I was for Halloween. I'm wearing a Hawkeye shirt right now, so it's purple. You can't see the rest of it, but I promise Hawkeye's on it. So yeah, Hawkeye's always been my favorite and we got him in the first box for Marvel Champions. So that was super exciting for me. Yes. So why Marvel Champions? What is it about the gameplay beside the comic book stuff that kept you coming back? Is this your favorite LCG? This is my favorite LCG right now, for sure. Um, So I like the ease in deck building. It's really easy to get someone who may not be a card gamer into it. Pre-pandemic days, my cubicle mate and I used to play at lunch, and he was not a gamer before this, but I brought the collection to work and sort of forced him to play a couple times, and then it became like every day at lunch, he was like, hey, are we going to do another game? So now he's addicted as well. And it's it's very easy to deck build just taking a hero and... I don't want to say any 25 cards, but 25 cards plus a hero usually makes a reasonable deck for a standard game. And that's really nice to be able to teach anyone how to play, which I think is is really engaging. Nice. All right, Mary. So how about you? What is it about Marvel Champions that brought you in? Have you played LCGs in the past? So I'm relatively new compared to you guys when it comes to board and card games. I was always a video gamer. I just kind of fell into board and card gaming. I really like Magic the Gathering. Nice. I don't play that anymore. That's a money sink. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Marvel Champions is not a money sink? <laughs> oh, not on, the, not on that level. Right. But I saw when Team Covenant did the preview playthrough at Gen Con when they announced it. And like initially I was kind of, eh, because like, I was not a big comic book reader as a kid. Like The X-Men was... Like the X-Men and the X-Files were as far as I got, as far as comics went. But when I saw the, like the mechanics and like how the heroes worked, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this game. Nice. (laughs) And, And from that point on, I was totally in. So does this game give you a little bit of a Magic the Gathering feel to it? Like... Do you get that same level of, I don't know what it is, like, because it's a card game, right? So there's obviously some similarities. Do you get any of that from Marvel Champions? No. And honestly, if you asked me to sit down and play a game of Magic the Gathering, I would have no idea what was going on. (laughs) I've completely (laughs) forgotten how to play. Okay. But yeah, it's just, I, well, I really like card games. I don't know why. I just, I love card games. I think one of the big things for me is the co-op aspect. I'm not a big competitive gamer i much prefer co-op games well we definitely like to hear that at the uh, one-stop co-op <laughs> shop that, that that means you're at the right place mary for sure <laughs> the reason i ask is i was actually playing against red skull earlier today with my son we were just finishing up that red skull campaign and he said you know dad this game reminds me of keyforge which i thought was interesting and i never thought of that before and i don't see that many similarities right keyforge you're picking one aspect you don't even have resource costs for things but they are both card games, so you're playing cards out, you're having cards in front of you in an area, you have other cards off to the side. So for me, it was interesting to see if other card game players could jump into this and would find that same satisfaction. Because, I mean, I've always played card games myself. I played Magic, you know, dating myself to when it first launched, and I haven't played in years, but maybe I do get a little bit of feeling out of it uh, from this as well. I think you get the sense of at least the dueling part because you are dueling that villain for the most part. And so it's like, you know, he's playing out a bunch of creatures and you kind of have to deal with it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So Terrence, what is it about Marvel Champions for you that have made you play this game over 500 times and make you love it more than Lord of the Rings? 
I don't know if I love it more than Lord of the Rings, but maybe that's spoiler for some other episode somewhere. Uh, but, you know, I definitely am playing it more than Lord of the Rings because we're doing the content and there's just so much content coming out for it. So it's like just keeping up with it is a lot of playtime, right? I think for me, it's just, you know, I, I really enjoyed Caleb's designs from Lord of the Rings. And so I was interested to see kind of where he would take a totally different system in game. I think one of the worries is that it would just be a reskin of another system. And though there's a lot of similarities between all, I think, the co-op LCGs, they're all very different games. And I think you can easily justify owning all three uh, on your shelf if you enjoy playing them. And for me, the hand management puzzle really makes the game. It's pretty rare in Lord of the Rings and Arkham that everyone kind of decks themselves multiple times through the game. And so it's just a very different kind of feel and play style. Like it feels faster, except maybe if you're playing Hulk, you can normally play any card in your hand that you draw. <laughs> like you, you just have all these options, you know, and, and I think that's a lot of fun. And so it makes like every turn super puzzly. Whereas I feel like in a standard like card game where you're top decking, oftentimes that one net new piece of information might not change your turn drastically the next turn. And you are relying more on like the other stuff. Whereas like there's something super fun about drawing a whole new hand of cards every turn in Marvel that I think is really addicting. It's just like, you don't really know what to expect uh, unless you're playing like global logistics or something where you can like look at the top cards of your deck. There is this kind of tactical element that is really unique to this game. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. So for me, there's, there's several things. Number one is it came around right around the time of the pandemic. I don't know if the pandemic hadn't hit, if I would have played it as much. Certainly, if we wouldn't have started streaming, I certainly wouldn't have played it as much. But it's one of the first games that I really found joy in soloing. I was not much of a solo player before Marvel Champions, but soloing this game is great. It's really fun and challenging, but yet very rewarding at the same time. So that was a big part of it for me. Certainly playing with Terrence every Friday has boosted the game a lot in my eyes. It made me realize how many times you could play this game and not feel like it's the same. It's funny, we stream every single week. We're streaming and I feel like every game is different. We played Goblin Venom last week with two heroes. We're going to play with the exact same two heroes next week. And the game's going to feel and look completely different than what we did last time. Just because of the order of the cards come out, everything else... But at the end of the day, you're still trying to get to that end game. One thing I've found from watching other content creators who are creating stuff from Marvel Champions, I don't watch a ton of it, but what I have watched, I found that everybody plays this game differently. And that was uh, getting to our next question. One of the cool things about the con as well is like seeing just how different people think about this game and the different cool stuff you can do, like Brant doing his speed runs and... Steve trying to do some of the craziest stuff ever you've seen anybody do with the deck, like shoot nine arrows with Hawkeye in one turn, right? Like just everybody can play this game differently. Some people prefer standard. People like Terrence and I are idiots and we just do expert and try to get ourselves killed every week. So I just feel like there's just so many things you could do with the game and it appeals to a lot of different people. And and for me, I play this game differently based on who I'm playing with because I don't really have a strong feel for how I prefer to play it. I actually prefer the variety of games. So for me, that's that's one of the coolest parts about Champions. I think one of the coolest things to hear is just a lot of people playing with their kids. Yeah. Uh, and that like like we play, you know, a very gamey style version of the game, but like the fact that you can play with 
uh, Dan was talking about his coworker who isn't much of a gamer. Like the fact that you can do that. And then, you know, like I remember our games at the con, that four player campaign thing was very far from, I'm sure, like the game you play with your coworker at, in the cubicles, right? Very different. Yeah, kind of a little bit harder. Well, you're playing with Terrence. He doesn't play on easy mode. That is for sure. He's like, hey, I got an idea for Hood. Let's put in standard two as one of our encounter sets along with standard one, right? <laughs> well, now we, well, now we have new standard, right? So we can throw that in there. Right. Well, so let's get into that now. So let's talk a little bit about Con of Heroes, and I'm going to turn this over to Terrence and Dan to bounce back and forth. So why a convention solely about Marvel champions? What were you hoping to get out of it? Did it meet or exceed your expectations? And what was some of the cool stuff that you came up with? And uh, maybe some of the stuff that you couldn't do this year, but you're hoping to do for future years. I mean, why not uh, Con about Marvel champions, right? I feel like that's the <laughs> That the is the real question. question. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to start, you know, there there is a predecessor to us, not for Marvel Champions, but for an LCG con, and that was Con of the Rings. And I went to the first two of them. And one would think after spending an entire weekend playing just one game for basically three days straight, you would be sick of the game. But one of the things that I realized was that, like, almost everyone, if not everyone who went to that con, you just get on this, like, high off the LCG because you're like in a community of people that love this game, you know, as much as you do. And I think for a lot of people, they potentially don't have a local community as well. That probably is for sure. Not like 50 to hundred people worth of people who are playing this game. And then you're talking about just like everyone playing differently. You actually get to see that in real life over the course of the weekend and playing with, you know, a bunch of different kinds of people, people bringing different kinds of decks. And there is just this kind of energy of, uh, I think especially now with the pandemic and everything, like people being locked at home for two years, you know, uh, of just like being in person and sitting down and playing a game, right? And so uh, there is this just this kind of energy I think you you can't replicate. And, you know, when you, when you have a con that's about a single game, you know, at bare minimum, you at least have that one thing in common. Like everyone there has that thing in common. And so it's like, it makes the kind of little awkward moments like you always can come back to, talking about the game or something and then you get to realize there's actually a lot of really cool people in the community yeah i think that's a big thing i think that uh if people are willing to travel all the way across the country to minnesota to play a game for three days straight it's probably one of their favorite games i know everybody here probably has a bunch of different game groups i've got a four-person group and a three-person group and i play with my spouse a lot but none of those groups their favorite game is marvel champions but for me it is so to go somewhere with 90 to 100 like-minded people that just want to play Marvel Champions without me having to talk them into it or say, oh, I'll play Unmatched if we play Marvel Champions next is a big deal for me personally. And the community building, like Terrence mentioned, there's, I think it's 10,000 people now in the Marvel Champions Facebook group. So that's like a huge number of people. And there's a bunch of people on Discord that talk every day through this pandemic. And that's kind of how they've gotten by having a social network during the pandemic. So for them to get to come together, play some games together and hang out for a weekend is like a huge deal, I think, for people. And I think I think people really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and that makes a lot of sense. So as far as, well, Mary, let's, let's go to you and then we'll get back to some of the custom stuff you came up with for the con and even how you extended it to the community outside of the people that were able to come to Minnesota. I think it's funny you said travel all the way across the country. I mean, Minnesota's kind of in the middle of the country, right? So there's not really, I guess that's one of the nice parts about Minnesota is no matter which coast you're coming in from, you're kind of going halfway. And certainly, obviously, if you live in the middle of the country, you don't have to travel as far either. 
You see a lot of these Midwest cons between Gen Con origins, and it makes a lot of sense because of travel. Well, it's if speaking of travel, it's not a hub city, though. So, right. So I think a lot of people potentially had to lay over and other things to get there. We're definitely not making it necessarily easy on people to get there. Terrence, we're supposed to be selling this, buddy. What are you doing? <laughs> Honesty is well, important. It's okay. Yeah. No, you no. know, it's, uh, it, it, these are just the true believers, you know, the true believers who come to the con. <laughs> nice. So we make it hard that way. Only real super fans can come, right? For those of you who, who aren't super fan enough, forget it. You have to earn your stripes here. It's like hazing or whatever. All right, Mary, I hear you laughing in the background over there. How about you? What made you uh, come out and face these layovers so you can uh, come to Kana Heroes? So I play a lot of solo. I just don't have a lot of friends who are gamers. So for me, the chance to play with people who already know how to play the game, so I don't have to explain it. Because I try to rope other people into playing, and they'll begrudgingly sometimes play with me, like, you know, my family, some of my friends. They'll be like, okay, we'll try. (laughs) But, like, I'm spending all of the time trying to explain to them how to play the game, and they're showing me their cards, and what should I do? (laughs) I mean, I'll, I'll help you if you want, but really, you should be making the decisions. So it was nice knowing that I was going to be in a place with people who already knew how to play the game yep. and knew at a high level how to play the game. Well, slow um, down, because I don't know the game at a high <laughs> level. I think we all saw that. Anybody <laughs> who played a game with me saw that I don't know how to play it at a high level. I just count on Terrence to like, oh, yeah, make sure you move those counters there. Anybody who watches well, our stream every week knows I miss at least five triggers on every single game. That's why we have to stream it. That way, I you know I get called out. Well, step one for playing in person, Peter, is to sleeve your cards. So time. let's get into this now, shall we? <laughs> so how many people came to the con? I think we had around 100 at the max, and it was 90-something in tickets sold. And then there were some volunteers and guests and stuff like that. Okay, so how many people had unsleeved decks there? Um, one. One. That one was me, <laughs> by the way. That's not okay. true. I played with one other table of unsleeved cards. So the whole table was unsleeved. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah, it was two two folks from the same same area, so they had like a shared collection. Gotcha. I almost bought them sleeves. I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I don't. So I used to be a sleever. So, so this is long time coming. And when I stopped sleeping is when I started designing my own games and maybe even Pandemic Legacy. That that might have been like the next step after. Because so I was like, well, I can always just buy new cards, right? Like if my cards get dinged or damaged or whatever else. Or here's my other thought. If they get dinged or messed up a little bit and they're still playable, I just put them in a sleeve at that point. And then I didn't have to buy sleeves right from the beginning. For me, not not a necessary thing. And by the way, I was also drinking the entire time. So I just live on the edge. I mean, I, I feel like I've been in the FFG LCG game long enough to know you cannot just replace your cards. Like, that is a thing. Like, it is. I, I feel like everyone who's who's done this knows this, right? Like, they, they something will sell best. out, right? Yeah, something will sell out and it won't be in print for years, right? Yeah, maybe. But, eh. eh. Well, so I, I have one of my decks sleeved. And that one deck is Thor because... Either I lost one of the cards. I don't know how you lose a card, because trust me, I looked through all my collection several times for this one card. Yeah, so I had to photocopy, because it was like a Thunderstrike or something like that. So I had to photocopy my other Thunderstrike and put them all in sleeves so I couldn't 
so I could actually play with a full Thor deck because it's way too hard to buy a, a completely new one. So we do have some people in the chat. So we got Steve from Beat the Game. Steve, great seeing you. And it was great seeing you at the con as well. We also have Crust is King here, who says, let's keep this Marvel Champion high going. And that is a thing. So Mary, let's keep it rolling with you for one more second. Did you have a high when you came back? Did you want to play more Marvel Champions? Or were you burnt out by the end of the con and you were like, eh, I could take a few days off? Oh, no, I was totally ready to play more. I got home and like... Apparently, I was so excited about it, I didn't realize that I was talking about it as much as I was at work, because everybody <laughs> was asked, so when are you going to the con? I'm like, and I get back, and, and my friends are like, so are you burned out? I'm like, no, I actually really want to play. And they started laughing. They thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was still trying to get people to play during lunchtime at work, so... Nice. And Terrence, I know it was the same for you, because you said that to me. You are like, oh man, I'm on such a high right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised, or not surprised, but uh, I think you were talking to me about wanting to play stuff when you got back. But you only got, like, half the con experience because you came in late, right? But, like, I remember talking to Colin being like, I think Peter Peter's got, gotten the con high from playing the LCG over the weekend. I did. And, you know, we, uh, here's the other part of that, and actually just going to throw this in here. So this is going to be our Wednesday podcast this week. We're also going to have a Sunday podcast where we get together, hopefully with Colin and Baron. And we're going to talk about the other stuff we did. So we played other games that weren't just Marvel Champions. So that'll be on our Sunday podcast. This will be our Wednesday one. I think we're going to record that podcast Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, live on the stream channel. So if I haven't said enough days for you guys yet, just subscribe. That's the best way you can see when all our stuff comes out. That way you don't have to like try to figure it out. I will say I was uh, I was sad to have to play other games on Monday with Colin and Barrett and not play Marvel Champions. Because oh. all I want to do is play Marvel Champions. <laughs> all right. That's 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 extreme, Terrence. Get out of here, man. All right, Dan, how about you? How, were you on a high? Now, you obviously, as one of the main organizers, probably didn't get to play as many games as you were hoping to, I assume. I still played a lot of games. But uh, yeah, I definitely... I, I played in the airport on the way home on Monday, right? <laughs> nice. Was like a three hour layover. And that's like a Venom Goblin game, right? I lost. So surprise. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, our game group still got together. We usually play on Wednesdays and Fridays. So we played both days without stopping because it, it just felt like it was appropriate. So, <laughs> Yeah. So were you super excited to play more? Oh yeah. I couldn't wait to play more. Cause I saw all these cool decks that other people had that I wanted to try out. So I immediately went home and threw everything onto the table our game table where it still is to go make these decks that I saw other people play. So now I have to resort and organize it all. It's the one thing I don't want to do. So I keep just setting up new games so I don't have to do it, but <laughs> nice. eventually I'm going to lose like a standard card and I'll have to sort it all. Nice. Yeah, it was the same for me. I was on a super high after the con. I was definitely excited to play more. I mean, I think it also has to do with like the weekend of the con, two new heroes came out and because we're still streaming, trying to get through this latest campaign, I'm excited to play the new heroes more too. I haven't gotten enough of that. So yeah, I mean, there's always something. Plus my son's gotten into the game now. And so yeah, it's just super exciting to get the game back to the table over and over again. And uh, it definitely increased my excitement for the game, not decreased it for sure. All right, so let's go to our favorite hero combo that we played over the course of the weekend. So we talked to Dan last. Let's go back to Mary. Mary, what did you have a favorite hero like aspect combo that you played over the weekend? Yeah, the uh, Venom Justice deck I put together. 
that actually turned out to be a really good deck, apparently. <laughs> I think I played two games with you, and you used that deck both times, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because we played a night at the hotel with Steve and Brant, and then uh, the next day, actually, at the con. Yep, and that's the other crazy thing. Think about this. What is it? Start at 10 a.m., goes to what, like 11 p.m., the con? And then after that, we went back to the hotel and played in the lobby for more hours of that night. So think about how crazy that is. You played one game all day. I mean, that that speaks to the versatility, I think, of this game. And then want to go back to the hotel and play it. And again, it, it's interesting because you didn't even play with a different hero the next day. It's not like you were there to play with like 50 different heroes. Even playing the same hero against different villains comes up with new challenges. And just different people, right? Like yep. everyone approaches the game differently. You get to see different decks. And so it is pretty easy to run the same hero and still have to deal with things differently. Yeah. Kruskis King says Venom Goblin can shove it. So apparently, yeah. <laughs> not a fan of uh, Venom Goblin. And he also says, I've played 27 games since I've been home. So yeah, that, that'll show that. The, the the enthusiasm doesn't die with the con. If anything, it's the opposite. And then Steve comments, Mary says, uh, you were killing it with that uh, Venom Goblin Justice deck. Nice. All right, Terrence, how about you? Favorite deck? I probably played my Spider-Man Protection deck the most, I think. Turns out, canceling treacheries, people like that. And then yes. also, being a human punching bag makes you popular among friends at the table. Yeah. No, Terrence was definitely going for most popular. He didn't realize it wasn't there wasn't like a contest at the end. Like nobody was like, who's your favorite person to play with? Terrence was like trying to win that so hard. He's like, hey, hey guys, I'll protect you. I'll protect you. Hey, Shadows of the Past, go away. But Terrence, you were you were my favorite person to play with. I mean, you know, the while I was playing with you, if you excluded the other people at the table. So it was good. All right, Dan, how about you? You have a favorite combo that came out of the weekend? So the favorite deck I probably played was Spider-Man Leadership, but I ended up playing like 18 games over the weekend while I was there. And when I played with people that listened to the show, I'd let them pick from my four decks. And just about every person made me play Hawkeye. Hawkeye Aggression in like 14 of my 18 games, which is a lot of Hawkeye. But I had a lot of fun with all of it. So. <laughs> all right, I only almost died once. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, because that's hard with Hawkeye. That's my, my biggest thing. What's your, your trick with your Hawkeye Aggression deck? Because actually, I'm going to build um, a deck to play with my son, and I'm thinking about going Hawkeye Aggression to go with his Star-Lord leadership, and I feel like we're not going to be able to thwart at all. So like, what's your uh, what's your trick there? One key is begging people to defend for you, and a lot of people did that at the con, which was nice. Okay, um, nice. I played one game where someone was playing Ghost Spider and someone was playing Spider-Man, and every turn they were like, we can defend for you. And I'm like, this is great. All I have to do is sit here and mean swing over and over again. I think the key with Hawkeye Aggression is not trying to shoot more than one arrow a turn and sort of building up arrows in your quiver so you have this toolbox of whatever the problem is on the board. And that's a way that I approach Marvel Champions now is instead of looking at my hand and saying, oh, what cool thing I can do, I look at the board and say, what from my hand helps with the board? So Hawkeye, you can do the same thing, stack a bunch of arrows, and you can play one arrow a turn and then just attack with your base three attack, and you make a lot of progress without wasting like or burning your entire toolbox. So saving things up um, in your quiver so you can play them later has paid dividends for me. Nice. See, expert tip. So I assume both of you, when you said Spider-Man, you meant Peter Parker Spider-Man, or is anybody talking Miles? Yeah, I definitely mean Peter Parker. I have not played Miles in protection yet. All right, so my favorite deck was probably, so there were two. I like my Quicksilver basic deck, 
And I say basic because I only have five non-basic cards in the deck. And I, I mean, I, I traded out between, I've tried protection with it. I've tried justice with it. I don't think I've done aggression, but it would be easy to do aggression or leadership too. So basically you're doing a lot of basic cards and a lot of things that just let you get back to your core cards, which, you know, give you extra attacks and extra readying and extra stats. So that's been pretty fun. And then you can kind of go any way you want with it. A good basic package. So that was fun. But also because there were contests throughout, and I guess we didn't talk about that. I said we're going to get back to it, the stuff at the con. So there was a lot of giveaways at the con and stuff you could buy too. So I bought a playmat. I think most people there probably bought a playmat that said Con of Heroes. We got a first player marker. And then there were contests that went off at least twice a day, right? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I think it was odd numbered hours afternoon each day during the con. There were a bunch of things we raffled off. A local comic shop in where I'm from, Albuquerque, donated a bunch of comics. So I gave them a list of all the heroes, and they donated a comic that had each hero on the cover, which was cool. We had all sorts of the official FFG OP promos available. And then some Bling creators donated some tokens and some fancy dial boards and stuff like that. So that was that was pretty neat as well. And I think we had, we had each of the campaign boxes in the prize area at one point, and, and other Marvel-adjacent games as well. Oh, nice. Except GMW, right? We didn't do GMW? No, no, we gave that one away. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised somebody took it. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there's lots of fun mods in there. There, there is. There, well, and, and the campaign's not bad. You just got to play it standard, right? Like, just don't kill yourself. Just have fun with it. But yeah, so I got a promo Captain America, which is funny because I actually played this game. I was at Gen Con the year it released, and I got all the promo heroes from that. I think it was all the core box ones. But I had all those at one point, and I have no idea whatever happened to them. So I, I got Captain America, and so I did build a Captain America leadership deck where I was boosting my stats with the leadership stuff, and I had a lot of fun with that too. But my main one was definitely the Quicksilver deck. All right, we are down to our favorite memory from the con. So Mary, let's go ahead and start with you again. What was your favorite memory, whether it's game-related or non-game-related, from Con of Heroes? Probably two. First, getting to actually meet you guys in person. Like, that was really fun. See, this is why I brought and Mary on. <laughs> just, just to gas us up? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Real quick. Crusty's King reminds us that we also got a Black Panther alt art card. And it wasn't alt art. It was actually yeah. pictures right from the movies. So that was kind of cool mm-hmm. to get that as well. So it was like screen caps from the movies, which were really neat. So yes, that was a very cool promo as well. Sorry about that. All right, Mary. <laughs> so meeting us, keep keep talking us up. Yep. I, I like that. And then also actually getting to meet Caleb. I'm sure he did not appreciate all like the fangirling, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool to actually meet the head designer of my favorite game. Yes. And I got him to sign my Captain America card, so Nice. Now, did you get the alt art one signed or your your basic one? Oh, the alt art one. Nice. I like it. I guess it's not alt art. It's just full bleed art, right? Yeah. Yeah. Full bleed yeah. promo. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned us first and Caleb was a, a brief second or, or a distant second. I'm, I'm going to go with that. All right, Terrence, how about you? You have a favorite memory from the con? Probably one of my favorite memories was the night before the con when we played Rhino on Heroic One, because one of the other organizers, Americano, I think he likes to play standard, right? And we made yeah. him play Heroic with us. And that was 
just like the right way to, I think, to like start off the con of getting not enough sleep before the con started and playing game Marvel Champions. Did you get your butts beat? Uh, no, we actually won. And it was it was a pretty close game, I think. And it was just a nice way, I think, for like us as the organizers to bond and actually like play a game of Marvel Chances before all the madness started. I'd like to point out Mary's favorite memory is meeting us. Terrence's favorite memory was before anybody else showed up. So I like, like to just point out how far ends of the spectrum those two those two points of view are. But it, it's you know, it's like the calm before the storm, right? Like it was just nice to I mean, mainly, like, also, like, I guess for reference, I flew from Spain that day. So, like, I literally would travel for, like, 12 plus hours and ended my day playing a game Marvel Champions, like, at midnight or whatever. Nice. Uh, we al- I also got my luggage that day, so that felt pretty good, too. <laughs> that was an exciting hour. We drove to get your luggage. We thought everyone yep. was going to be asleep when we got back, and they weren't. We were like, yep. heroic rhino. Let's Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> And everyone agreed, so it was exciting. Nice. All right. How about you, Dan? What's your favorite memory from the con? Well, I've got the the same answer of meeting all the people from the community that I've been talking to for two years, so I can finally put names to faces and faces to names. That was super exciting. And then I had two particular game moments that I thought were really fun. So one was with one of the other hosts, Americano, and two of our listeners, Chris Meka and Ryan Lang. And we were playing against the Sinister Six, and it was round one, and one of the one of the players had never played Sinister Six before, and we were like, oh, don't worry, it's one of those multi-villain scenarios. We can, you know, fart around for a while, and it'll be fine. And there was a series of unfortunate encounter cards that led to Scorpion getting, like, multiple attachments and then swinging with plus X, where X was all the other villains' attacks. Oh, my. And he was, uh, was going to hit Rocket with a base of, like, 12 plus a boost card. And nice. we were like, well, this is bad, because I'm Hawkeye and I have 9 health. You're Rocket and you have 9 health. Somebody else was in alter ego form, and then there was War Machine with like 13 points of health, one more than whatever the boost value was. And we were like, can you defend for us? <laughs> and they did, and they went down to one hit, uh, Americano went down to one hit points, and then he, he stayed in alter ego for, I think it was two turns to heal up because he took so much damage. But it, well, was, yeah. it was a tense moment on that first round. And then um, your other one? Oh, and then I, I played a game with Steve Kimmel. We've talked a lot online over the last two years, but we've never been able to play a game in person. So that was like a big deal. And we played what I would say is the most aggressive game of Marvel Champions with no <laughs> aggression aspects, where okay. he was playing Miss Marvel and he was trying to defend and take no damage and triggered a bunch of triggers. And I was playing Spider-Man with a regroup where I was trying to like spam four allies a turn and defend for everybody. And there was a poor third player, Eric, that didn't know what was going on, but it was secretly a competition to see who could soak more attacks. And every time (laughs) Eric would get attacked, we'd be like, hey, I can defend for you. I have Maria Hill, and then I can play her again. So we were trying to, like, outwit each other with attacks, or it would be Steve as the first player, and I'd be like, I'm going to play webbed up this turn, (laughs) just because... Just so he can't defend? Not mine. (laughs) Um, And it was pretty funny. And the the game ended with a good upbeat, because I, I was down to three health, because... I uh, got caught with my pants down, and the villain just swarmed at me. And it was Sandman, so if you placed an acceleration token, the first player takes three indirect damage, and all my allies had soaked attacks that turn. So Steve, as the first player had the op- or has a peril card, had the option of placing an acceleration token and, and destroying me. But he decided not to, thankfully, so I appreciated that out of him. But it was the end to the game that way. It was pretty funny. Nice. So my favorite moment had nothing to do with playing. But it was everybody's reaction to my no sleeves was great. And so (laughs) 
At first, we started playing with my cards in my decks, and then by the end, nobody was letting me, nobody was playing with my stuff anymore, because everybody wanted to play with sleeve stuff. But one of the best parts was, Terrence bought me Nova and Ironheart. He bought me those, but he didn't bring them the first day. So everybody else... Well, this, this, is, this, is the, this is the second day. To be fair, I brought like nothing that day. That was the day I brought like two decks and left my entire quiver back at the Airbnb. Well, I just figured with 100 people there all into the game, maybe they were going to run out. So I wanted to get them first day and I couldn't come till Saturday night. I had a work obligation. So I was putting everybody's stuff in there, except for poor Brant, who was playing Ironheart that day, I think. I had to take his obligation card from him. Everybody else, I just pulled mine out because they're not sleep. No problem. I'll just pull them out of my because I brought every hero with me. And I put him in, but for his brand new hero, I made him unsleeve the card and put it in. And then, that's not the best part. The best part, he got Shadows of the Past, so he had to unsleeve his whole Nemesis set to put in as well. Uh, and I'm riffle shuffling the cards, and I had no problem. It was awesome. It was great. And I offered him mine. I was like, look, I'll trade you this stuff. You can have a brand new. And he didn't care. But I just thought it was hilarious to do that. And just to see the look of shock and horror on everybody's face as I'm like riffle shuffling people's unsleeve cards. That is <laughs> yeah, you tried to do that with me when the con was ending. We saw like an hour left before the game center closed. And you're like setting up Sandman. And I basically was like, no. And I pulled out my own copy of it. Yes. And made you put it away. Yes, you did. Because you're like, I need you to unsleeve your obligation. I'm just like, what? <laughs> you're like, no, I will not do that. No, no. Well, it's funny because I asked you to just as a joke, because like I said, I had every hero there. So I clearly had all the obligations. I could have easily just grabbed it. And I had all the, you know, nemesis sets too. So Steve says, you need to sleeve, please. So here's a little shout out to Steve as well. He has shine cards, uh, which he did give me a pack of before I left. And uh, so these make your heroes like, I mean, it's a pretty cool effect, like kind of shiny on one side. So I put that on my hero side. So I have sleeved all my heroes, Steve. You should know that. I've sleeved all my heroes with the the sleeves you gave me. And I got more. So uh, I don't know. Once there's more than 50 heroes, I don't know what I'm going to do at that point. But I got my shiny heroes. See, I've got like one card sleeved in each of my decks. The, the one card you don't shuffle. The one card you don't shuffle and handle very often. Well, you handle it a lot because you're exhausted. Well, you handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing, I guess, before we uh, close out of here, let's get very specific to Kana Heroes. Dan, I want to hear a little bit about the design process or what you did for the scenario. So, or the different scenarios, I guess. Friday night, there was a scenario where you're just trying to kill Ultron drones. And then you actually printed some cards and gave them away as free promos to everybody who attended the con. Tell us a little bit about the cards and the scenario you designed and what gave you that idea and, uh, you know, how it came together. Yeah, so there were there were two events, basically, in this first year. Like you said, Friday night was we... Everybody played Ultron at the same time, and we had a little tracker online. We were trying to defeat so many drones within the day. And when we succeeded at that, everybody got a Black Panther promo card from the Etsy shop, Make Your Peace Games. They donated them. So that was really cool. And uh, we let people play from home for that one you mentioned earlier. So people could play and report their scores on the tracker and like post a picture to Facebook. And we were able to give five cards away that way. So we had, I think, 10 people post pictures. So, you know, half of them got a card, which was cool, too. 
And then Saturday, we did what we called an Ironman event. And I think we're just going to change it to a, a campaign event from now on because a lot of people were confused and everyone thought they had to play Ironman. But we didn't need that many Ironmans. That was too much oh, of an alter ego. <laughs> um, but the idea was from Arkham Knights. They've done Ironmans, kind of like a marathon or a run, where they try to play through a whole storyline in Arkham in one not sitting, but one uh, play session where they stay at the same table. They might go get a drink, go to the bathroom and come back, but they're going to go through the whole thing in one sitting. So we decided we would make a sort of customized one that went through the four boxes of Marvel Champions. So the, the campaign was actually thrown together mostly at the last minute when the fourth box came out. But the idea was we took one villain from each of the Marvel Champions campaign boxes and we come, came up with a loose narrative to connect them together using different campaign rewards from different boxes to sort of boost you along the way. Oh, nice. And we made some custom modular sets that go in there. Funnily enough, we had been making these before Standard 2 came out, so we didn't know they were going to offer alternatives to Standard. But one of the things I always hate is when I'm trying to set up for a game night with my friends, sometimes I like to have all the scenarios sort of pre-made ahead of time. But I've got one copy of Standard, and I always want another one so I can you know, just shuffle everything into a box so we don't waste gaming time and I can get to the next game faster. So we decided we would make what we called a new Standard, which was sort of a parallel to regular Standard. It had seven cards that do about the same thing, but they did them a little bit differently. So Advance is a card that I know has defeated many of us. So the new version of Advance is actually a side scheme that moves the threat at the start of the next villain turn. So you sort of have a turn to respond to it. And it also cycles your hand, which makes a lot of people really mad. Um, <laughs> and can confirm. Can confirm. And the, the new version of Assault did something similar where it was an Assault, but you discarded a random card and it got a bonus based on what you discarded. And the whole idea with this new standard was to focus in on the mechanic of sort of like attacking a player's hand, like Terrence mentioned earlier, the hand puzzle is the really exciting thing about Marvel Champions. So we said, well, how can we disrupt that, but make it sort of standardized that it'll give people interesting decisions to make? I think the, the card people talked about the most was the new version of Caught Off Guard. So the normal standard is just discard and upgrade or support you control. And the new version is discard an upgrade support or ally you control, and then discard all cards from your hand that cost equal or less. No, equal, no, equal or equal more. Or greater than, right? Equal or so more. Yeah, equal or less. Yeah, you're awful. trying to encourage people to discard <laughs> higher costing cards rather right. than just throwing away their honorary Avengers. But maybe they throw away their honorary Avenger because they say, I can sacrifice this hand versus losing my Avengers Mansion. So that was the standard set, and that got mixed in into this campaign. And then there was. Another set that was a scroll infiltration set. So in Marvel Comics, the scrolls were shapeshifters, and there's all sorts of storylines with them. But one of their biggest storylines in recent years was called Secret Invasion, and they sort of infiltrated all of the different superhero teams. They sort of there was actually an initiative in Marvel Comics at the time where each state in the U.S. had their own superhero team, and they placed a scroll onto each of those teams, and all at once they revealed themselves to try to like thwart the heroes. So we made a modular set that was all about that. It was sort of about ally hate, and maybe you have these allies in the board, but they're not all whom they seem like they are. Oh, wow. And that was integrated into the campaign as well. So you would lose all your allies, and they would turn into Skrulls, and then you'd have to rescue them and bring them back into your deck by defeating minions that were Skrull minions. And we worked with an artist that does a lot of custom art for Star Wars Destiny, Parker Simpson. He's got a really unique art style that fits into sort of how we wanted it to make it obvious that the cards were not official cards, but that they would also sort of fit in and be a little bit cohesive. So I was really happy with how those worked out. 
And we had 26 groups play the campaign, and 11 of them played all the way through all four scenarios, which ended with Venom Goblin, and the rest of them all finished with Thanos and decided, we've been playing with the same group for, for nine hours, we want to go try someone else for a little while. Yeah, so are you uh, going to... Which is totally fair. Yeah, are you going to consider that for next year? Because I think the whole point of the con was to get to play with as many different people as possible. Certainly, playing with the same group is great, but you know people may want to switch tables. So did you think about next year maybe making it not necessarily a campaign, something, you know, where you have like four different scenarios still, but like four different scenarios that maybe even encourage you to play with a different group from game to game. So we did think about that, and I I can't say anything set in stone for next year. I do know we do have another campaign in the works, but the plan is a a three-scenario campaign that doesn't use three of the longest villains in the game the first (laughs) one did. So that might help a lot, right? Well, you didn't pick Loki. So we didn't pick Loki. Everyone, everyone should thank Terrence for that. It's it's his doing. Yeah. Oh, you almost had Loki uh, also. No, no, that was a joke. We didn't okay. almost have Loki. <laughs> but the new one uses some of the shorter villains, and I mean, it's it's going to be too determined because we need to see what comes in the next box to figure out how sure. it's going to conclude. But there will be another custom standard set and another custom additional mod that will mix into that campaign. And I, I think I can reveal, so this year's mods were all about hand hate, and they were all about ally hate. So next year's two mods, the standard set and the mod, are all going to be about nemesis buffing. So rather than disrupting the player's hands or disrupting their board state, it's going to be about finding their nemesis and making him or her more difficult to defeat, which okay. I think should be pretty fun. Oh, so playing with hero-specific nemesis in each of your Yeah, games. yeah. So there'll be some some tricks to that. And I don't want to spoil too much until we've fully tested it. Of course. I should say for the campaign and for those mods, we had a team of 10 people testing them. And they each recorded at least five games on a Google form to me. So that's not nearly as quality as I'm sure FFG's real testing is. But it was good enough for me to, to say, okay, this card didn't make people want to rip it up yet. It made them upset, which is what we want, right? We want it to be a little bit harder, but <laughs> but not standard too harder. I want to rip up chain reaction. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah. T- Terrence didn't have a good time at our table with that card. So Sko says, after the first time I saw a chain reaction, I love this card. After the second time I saw a chain reaction, I hate this card. So uh, yeah, so Sko from the chat well, good. Feel, feels the same way about that as well. You went through all the emotions. I'm happy. Yeah. Yes. So how about you, Mary? I, yeah. uh, you played through the campaign. Were there any cards that stood out from you, either from the new standard or from the the invasion? The scroll card? invasion. Scroll invasion. I almost say Cree, but I knew that was wrong. Yeah, scroll invasion. <laughs> yeah, I forget which card it was, but one of the ones that removed your ally from the game because they were a scroll. That totally ruined my war machine leadership deck because Maria Hill got plucked out of the game twice because of that card. And my entire deck was basically built around recurring (laughs) Maria Hill so everybody could keep drawing cards. Oh, so Maria Hill turned out to be a scroll. It was just a bad day. (laughs) I mean, she just was, right? You can't deny that. If she's a scroll, she's a scroll. Like, you can't make her not a scroll. Oh, that's awesome. I like the new Shadows of the Past. I do like not getting just brutally punished for Shadows of the Past. So the new one just put it, it just shuffled everything into the deck, right? It did not put your hero or your nemesis and your the side scheme in. You just shuffled it all in. Is that right? Yeah, it shuffles it in and searches. So you might draw one. And if you can't shuffle anything in, it searches and you discard a card. So it goes back into the discard thing. But it makes it so 
poor Hulk isn't getting dumped a side scheme and minion on him when he can't handle it. Right. You also get attacked by the villain, if I recall, right? Do you? All that happens? That's a different one. That's a different one. Oh, I was about to say, I didn't remember it being that brutal. Maybe you always got attacked because maybe the card you surged into was always like, kill Terrence card. In one of our games with Terrence, we had that new standard set in. And I think the first seven rounds, Terrence drew a card from new standard and everybody else just drew the regular cards. And we were like, this is super fun. And he was like, no, this is not fun. I don't like this anymore. Terrence just complains a lot. It's fine. I think the when I had Chain Reaction this one time... We like I showed my hand and we were like trying to decide what to do and all the options were bad. It was just like I could discard a mansion and I would still lose half my hand, right? Because like <laughs> I was playing Scarlet Witch Leadership and I had like four or five cost allies in my hand. So then it became like, well, chaos magic isn't really good if I don't have anything to play it with. And so I ended up just like dumping your whole starting, hand. Yeah, dumping my whole hand and it was really bad feeling. I mean, for you, for everybody else at the table, it was entertainment. So there you go, Terrence. Look, you're doing it for for everybody else, not for yourself. Stop being so selfish, Terrence. I wasn't streaming then. (laughs) All right. So for everybody who wasn't able to make it to the con, just so you know, if, if you don't hate Tabletop Simulator, which some of you do and some of you don't, but if you don't hate it on Hitch's mod, which is the one we use when we stream on Friday night, they do have all the Con of Heroes specific scenario stuff up there. So feel free to go over and try it there as well if you weren't able to get it. And we're going to be doing a contest to give away a few of these as well. We're going to pay for shipping in the U.S. I have to figure out how much international shipping is, but we'll certainly pay a large portion of it for international. I don't know how to do the contest. So Dan, you have any ideas for maybe something they can email us? Well, it involves scrolls. So what if people had to write a one to two sentence story saying who is more likely to be a scroll? Peter or Terrence, and then oh, we can find out who it is. I like that. You Perfect. can each pick the story as your favorite or something. All right. And I will put the email in the description of this video and in the description of the podcast. But you're going to email MVP Board Games, that's the letters M, the letter V, the letter P, board games at gmail.com with contest in the subject line. If you fail to do any of these things, you are ineligible because I don't want to look through 57 different titles to find the right one. So again, that's mvpboardgames at gmail.com. Put contest in the subject line. And then just who's who's the scroll? Is it Terrence? Is it Peter? Or is it both of us? And we're just scrolling on each other. We don't know. It's Is it like in Balsar Galactica? You like don't know who the Cylons are? I mean, I think we know who the Cylon is, Terrence. I think we know who the Cylon is. Let's be honest. Or, or the scroll in this situation. I like that, Dan. That's a good one. I think we have, what, three three copies of those to give away, right? Yep. Something we've like got that. three copies. So not only do we have uh, the whole encounter set, but we also, and which, which, by the way, anybody out there, if you don't want to play on Tabletop Simulator, you can print and play it, right? You just go to Kana Heroes website. Why don't you give that out? Yeah, there's a there's a print and play link, and it's got like print sheets for eight and a half by eleven, so you can print them and just leave them in front of a magic card or some other some other card game, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I don't know some non champions game. Yeah, or or energy genius strength cards. You probably have enough of those, right? Well, Maybe. the the problem is that they're villain cards, but you could still do it because honestly, they have different backs anyway, so it doesn't matter. You're supposed to know they're coming. So yeah, just put them in with the energy genius. Although, you know, I did get rid of some of the genius cards at the con. So there was that as I handed them out for brilliant plays. I grabbed a bunch of geniuses and like, <laughs> genius. All right. So, yeah. So go ahead and print and play that. But don't forget to uh, email us about the contest. 
And uh, yeah, who's the scroll here? We need to know. Inquiring minds want to know. All right. Are we going to read the best entries out? I will. We certainly will. So keep an eye out for that. Either I'll make a separate video for it or it'll be at the end of one of our uh, Friday streams. And then we should probably have a date for that, right? So let's say the end of June. So by the end of June, have those emails in and we will read them out after the contest is over. We'll read out the best one. And we, we might read out some weekly as well as they come in. So you've got a whole month to send them in and we're going to send you that stuff. So it's going to be the pack of cards and it's also going to be a Con of Heroes first player marker as well, which is a poker chip, which is pretty cool. I use it all the time when I play now. All right. So Mary, we haven't heard from you in a while. Where can people find you if they want to either play a game with you or just get in contact with you and tell you how awesome you are? I'm on Discord, Wasteland Sniper. That's really the only place I am. (laughs) Okay, so you can join either the... Are you part of the Marvel Champions Discord as well? Yeah, Marvel Champions Discord. I think I'm on the Hall of Heroes Discord and the OSCS Discord, of course. And we have a Fantasy Flight LCG group in the One Stop Co-op Shop Discord. So yeah, Mary's there quite often. So go say hi to her. How about you, Terrence? Where can uh, people find you if they don't know already and tell you how much of a scroll you are? You can just email you, Peter, right? Uh, tell me how much of a scroll I am. You can find me on the stream on Fridays where I'm streaming with you, Peter. I'm on the Hall of Heroes, the Marvel Champions, the One Stop Co-op Shop, and the Lord of the Rings, uh, Cardboard of the Rings, Discord uh, as Hone. And then we're we doing Twitter and other stuff. I'm like Hone if you want to. on Twitter as well, if people want to tweet at me. But I don't tweet very much about board games. It's mostly boring work stuff. So, And that's uh, Hone, H-O-N-E, by the way. Yeah. And not M, not like home, like home. Whatever. I mean, that would be cool, too. I yeah. think Hone, like honed technique, right? Yeah. I mean, his techniques are way more honed than mine are. Oh, crap. I think I just made myself the scroll target here. Anyway, <laughs> how about you, Dan? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on any of the Marvel Champions discords. I'll have to join the one-stop co-op shop one. I didn't know they had one, but I'll be on there now um, as Kennedy Hawk. Or you can find me in the Facebook group. I'm one of the moderators on the Marvel Champions Facebook group. So feel free to send me a message if you've got any questions. Awesome. Well, Dan, Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Terrence. It's pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, we will see you all very soon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list. Hey, everybody. Terrence is a scroll. <laughs> is that what a scroll would say, though? Stop flipping around, Terrence. We all know you're the scroll. We all know it. <laughs>